Merry Christmas. Thank you, guys. Oh, that's bright. Merry, 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 Merry Christmas. Uh, we have a full house. You know how I know? I had a chair back there in the back for me, and I got up to get a drink of water. When I came back, my chair was gone. <laughs> it's a busy place. Um, I want to just kind of look at you for a minute. Oh, you look so good. You all look so good. You might have noticed I'm not Pastor John. That <laughs> close. Oh, that's, that's a compliment. Thank you. Um, he made the announcement on Saturday night. I don't know if he announced it on Sunday morning, but we gave Pastor John a wonderful Christmas present this year. For the first time in his ministry career, he's going to wake up on Christmas morning in the snow with his wife and his children and his grandchildren. So he had a rare opportunity to, to go away for a couple of days. You know that on Monday he went up to uh, tend to his dear friend Hutch's passing, and now he's, he's up in the mountains tonight. Understand he agonized over the decision to go. If you know John, you know he was in agony over that. I mean, the, the man had knee replacement surgery and only missed three weeks. So he wanted to be here. He loves us so much. He... Um, he prayed about it for days. He had other people praying about it for days. And then we decided, no, it's the right thing to do. So if you came to hear John tonight, um, I have good news for you. He will be here this weekend. So if this is what, Tuesday? Just come back on Saturday or Sunday, and John will be here, and you'll be glad you came back. Christmas is um, just a time of wonder. And I did something this holiday season I still wonder about. I went shopping. My family talked me into going shopping on uh, Thanksgiving evening, the night before Black Friday. I've never done that before in my life. <laughs> well, I do it again. I don't know. <laughs> I did something, though, I thought I would never, ever do in my entire life. I waited in line 45 minutes to get into Target. Somebody had told me I would wait 45 minutes to get in, to go into Target. I would have said, no, not me, but I did. And finally, when they let us in the door and we snaked in and we got inside, they had employees standing at the door thanking us for not getting into fights and thanking us for not trampling each other. I'm not making that up. And once we got our cart, oh my gosh, I've never seen anything like it. It was so full, the aisles were so packed full of people in there. If you wanted to cross one of the main aisles, it was like forging a mighty river. <laughs> but instead of white water and boulders, it was crazed shoppers in these big carts there pushing, wall to wall. And then after we filled our basket, we had to wait another 30, 40 minutes to go pay for it. And then we went to Kohl's. <laughs> yeah. That's why I look forward to this service right here, because now we get to put all of that aside and celebrate the meaning of Christmas, which is the birth of our Savior. Let's uh, bow our heads and ask the Lord to bless this time in his word. Dear Father, um, this is such a wonderful time of year, Father, but some, for some of us, it's a very difficult time of year. I know there are people here that have heartache. Um, Father, it's hard when we lose someone and we miss someone, and this makes this a very tough time of year. And yet, Lord, 
You know what it's like. You, you sent your son to earth and you sent him to die on our behalf, so you know what it's like to lose someone. Father, for anyone that's in suffering that loss tonight, I just pray you draw close to them. And please bless all who are here. We ask your special blessing on our faithful pastor. Thank you, Lord, for his faithfulness and his teaching of your word. We ask you to give him and his family safety and just the most incredible time. And now, Lord, as we, we open your word, um, we don't want to hear anybody's voice but yours. We pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will help us understand Christmas better than we ever have before. We ask this in the name of our Savior, our Lord and King. Amen. Please turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We're going to talk about Christ's birth then and now. This should be a familiar place in Scripture for you. If you've been around for too long, you've probably heard this story every Christmas for as long as you can remember. And if you can remember about a half an hour ago, our children just read this passage to us. The problem with the story that you've heard over and over again, though, is sometimes it can lose its meaning. Yet this passage of Scripture is just packed with incredible meaning for us. Now, good stories usually begin with the words, once upon a time. Let's see how this Christmas story begins. Chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their hometown to register. Well, instead of once upon a time, we get Caesar Augustus, a census, and the governor of Syria. What is all that about? Well, it's telling us that this is not a once upon a time story. This is not a fairy tale. This is not fantasy. This story happened in history. This is a true story. Jesus' birth in a manger is a true story. The emperor of Rome, Caesar Augustus, held this census. He wanted to register everybody in, under Roman rule, which is essentially the whole world at that time. Historians debate whether he was doing that for tax purposes or to enlist people in the army. I think it's tax purposes would be my guess. I think the emperor wanted to locate everybody that owed him money. That was my guess. So every person had to go back to the place they were born to register. So this meant the roads were packed with people. Rooms were full. People were getting together for reunions and seeing friends and family they hadn't seen for quite a while. Kind of sounds like Christmas today, doesn't it? Let's read on. Uh, verse 4. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Isn't that amazing? The Son of God comes to earth and there's no room for him. Not much has changed, has it, then and now? Here in 2013, over 2,000 years later, how many people make room for the Son of God on his birthday? In Bethlehem, other travelers found lodging, but there was no room for God's Son. Let's think about that for a minute. 
Do we really think Almighty God couldn't have gotten a reservation if he wanted one? The Lord could have had his son born on the throne in Rome, but that was not his plan. God chose a manger, sort of like this. A manger is a wooden feeding trough for animals. He chose a manger, and he chose a little nothing of a town called Bethlehem. That's hardly the place you'd expect to find the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I imagine hundreds, maybe thousands of people walked right by that stable and never looked inside. These were people who had been told about the coming of Messiah all their lives. It was passed down from generation to generation for centuries. And now he was there. He was in their town. He was right around the corner. He was right through that door. And they never looked in to see him. And this passage made me wonder something about myself. Maybe you wonder it about yourself. How many blessings have I missed because I was looking in the wrong place? Sometimes it's easy, isn't it, to think we've got God figured out? Oh, God's going to do this. He's not going to do that. He's going to do this. God's going to be over here. This is where God's working. He's not going to work over there. So we miss answers to prayers, not because God isn't answering them, but because we're not looking where he's working. Jesus' humble birth in Bethlehem wasn't a secret. It had been prophesied by prophets like Isaiah and Micah hundreds of years before. They should have known. But the day Jesus was actually born, people just walked right on by and never saw him. People are still walking on by, too distracted to see him. Let's read about some people who did not miss the miracle of Christ's birth, uh, starting with verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Notice that God did not send his angel to the religious leaders or to the rich and powerful. He went to these poor, poor shepherds that had nothing to offer him except one thing, their faith. What God wanted then, he still wants now, our simple, humble faith. And please don't miss this. If you hear anything else today, don't miss this. The invitation to see God's Son, it's still open to you and I. It's not closed. Can you imagine being one of those shepherds? You're out there doing your job, just like you did last night, the night before that, the week before that, the month before that, maybe the year before that. Another night, you're pulling the graveyard shift. You're out there doing your job. Just another routine evening. Have you noticed that sometimes God likes to upset our routines? Well, all of a sudden, an angel appeared. And the glory of the Lord turned nighttime into day. And it terrified these guys that you can bet did not scare easily. And the angel came with good news. A Savior is born. 
Then look what happened, verse 13 and 14. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The angels of heaven couldn't contain themselves. They burst on the scene to praise God. Christ's birth was as big a news in heaven as it was on earth. Why? Why? Because it meant from that day forward, you and I can have something we desperately need. Every one of us want this and need it. Look what the the angel said, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. In Jesus, we can have peace. Peace with God. Peace with our circumstances. Peace in our life now and forever. Then the angels went back to heaven and left those shepherds alone in the field at night. If you were one of the shepherds, what would you do next? Would you go find Jesus? Let's think about human nature for a minute. You just saw an incredible show. Don't you think you'd be tempted to go get your lawn chair and bring it back and sit there and camp out there a little while longer, a few more days, a few more nights? I mean, how can, how can you top that? How could, go, how could going to look in a stable be more fun than staying there and see, and just in case the angels come back for Act 2 or Act 3? Maybe it's a nightly thing. They didn't say they wouldn't come back. Isn't this what Christmas has become? A show? I mean, I, I love Christmas lights. I love Christmas decorations. I love Christmas music. But it seems like that's all kind of Christmas is. Not too many folks are hurrying to see Christ on his birthday. The shepherds knew exactly what to do, though. Let's look at that at verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. The language here is really important. Notice that the shepherds didn't say, let's go see if this is true. They didn't say if. They said, let's go to Bethlehem to see this thing the Lord has told us about. They believed the word of the Lord And they hurried to find their Savior. It's so simple. It's so simple. Maybe that's what makes it so easy to miss. The angel didn't tell them to give money, join a church, or do some sort of religious activity. Why? Because we cannot find Christ that way. We can't find Christ with our wallets, with our membership, and with our activities. There's only one way to find the Savior, and that's with our simple, humble faith, by believing what God has said and acting on that belief. This simple, humble faith will lead you right to your Savior. That's what it did for these shepherds. Can you imagine what that night must have been like for them? All their lives, they heard about the coming of Messiah. It was passed down from generation to generation. Their great-grandfather told their grandfather Their grandfather told their father. The father told them. And they were planning to tell their children when they had children. And now they were on their way to see Jesus in the flesh. 
They were hurrying. Think about the moment when they spotted the stable. Can't you see them getting to the door and kind of just stopping for a moment? Maybe it's at that moment they realized, oh my gosh, we just came right from the fields. We're still in our work clothes. We didn't clean up and wow, we don't even smell very good. Maybe the oldest, maybe the oldest shepherd took the lead and he, he called out a greeting, maybe. Maybe he called out a greeting and asked if he could come in. Maybe his voice cracked because it was, he was dry. He had excitement, you know, he was, it was, throat was tight. And then maybe you heard the voice of Mary or Joseph invite them in. Then can't you see them pausing at that door just to kind of maybe take a deep breath, look at each other, and then they stepped inside, came around the corner, and there, just like the angel said, was the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, their Savior, the Messiah, right there. This is the meaning of Christmas. It's not about presence under the tree. It's about being in His presence. It's about seeing the Lord. What happens to people that find Christ? Let's read verse 17, when we'll finish the story here, 17 to 20. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. After the shepherds saw Jesus, they couldn't stop talking about it. And verse 20 says, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. Returned where? Back to the fields. Back to their jobs. Back to their families. Life went on, but now they were full of joy because they knew everything the Lord said was true. When you and I see Christ, the joy of that spills into every aspect of our life. Christmas is a fun holiday, but when you have found the Lord, you celebrate Christ's birth every day you're alive, not just December 25th. Life with Jesus is an adventure because every day you find more and more ways the Lord is true and everything he said is true and right. Verse 11 is the greatest Christmas message I can imagine. Let's read verse 11 in closing, or you can just read it right off the pulpit here. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. A Savior has been born to who? To you. To you. To you. To you. To you. To you and to me. He is Christ the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Our Father in heaven, thank you for the miracle of Christmas. Thank you for sending your son to be born in a manger. Thank you for sending him with your divine plan to grow into manhood, live a sinless life, and then sacrifice himself on a cross so that by his death we might be saved. Thank you for accepting all of us who come to you in faith in need of a Savior. Father, I pray, please bless every person here with the reality of Jesus in their life this Christmas. Lord, we love you so. Thank you for this church. 
Thank you for this Christmas Eve service where we can come together as a family and worship our Savior, the Messiah, our Lord, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas.